Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. And also. Great pre-owned inventory. Great deals to be had. Great time of the year to buy. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ryan Snyder coming up today, Blue White Illustrated. And uh, also uh, coming up today, we'll take a look at press conferences from earlier in the week and Donnie Collins coming up tomorrow. Matt Catrillo joins us now from an undisclosed location. <laughs> That's right. How's it going, Steve Jones? We have Frank Bodani joining us today, too. Yeah, yeah. Frank's going to be on as well and Donnie Collins tomorrow. So we have a lot going on today. Uh, your Yankees are not winning no, yeah, Tampa Bay's always been a thorn in their side, but they really are this year. It's their pitching that well, actually, has Yankees, kind of knocked Yankees down the Yankees took lineup the lead. a little bit here. The Yankees just took the lead. Now, oh, they did because well, I, I haven't had a chance to look. Last time I saw, they were only it was only one nothing on the uh, Luke Voigt home run. Former State College Spike Luke Voigt. That's um, right. Yeah, the uh, up. Bad news. Tampa Bay just tied at 4-4. If they win today, they're going to take the Yankees out of first place. Look, this situation is made for Tampa Bay. It's made for Tampa Bay. The Yankees feed off their crowd. Tampa Bay is used to playing with nobody. (laughs) So true. What do you think the big difference is between this situation and the one you were in last year? Uh, not much. <laughs> Seems like all the other ones that we know. Another st- former State College spike didn't make it through the sixth inning. It's Adam Adovino. There's a lot of former spikes out there, buddy boy. You know, hey, so you as long as they cu- play you- well, I'm good with that. They avoid well, sitting Jackson 306. was on the hill today, so... That also kind of spells disaster a little bit for the Yankees because he stinks. It's a, it's a 6.64 ERA. Look, they don't stink, Matt. All right? Do I have to give you the golf lesson? Have you ever heard me get, Have you ever heard me give the golf lesson on the air? I don't think this so, is, no. This actually involves the king, by the way. Ah, it involves okay. the king. So the king and I... I happen to be back home. I'm visiting my parents. And he says, hey, Steve, I got a couple of tickets to the Greater Hartford Open, which is now known as the Travelers. So two of us go down to TPC Cromwell, and we just start walking, you know, wherever, you know. I see a couple of guys here, a couple of guys there, you know. It's a couple of big names, whatever. And we're walking down 
we're going to go to the back nine. There was a hole in the back nine we wanted to go. We we're trying to work our way over to 15 is what we we're trying to do. That's that short par four, you know, the risk-reward hole. So we're at 10, and we're just off the 10th fairway. And the 10th fairway at TPC Cromwell is a slight, but it's still a dogleg right. Tommy Armour III hits a ball, goes through the fairway, through the rough, and ends up in a bush. Now, when I mean it ends up in a bush, it ends up in the bush. It's not under the bush on the ground. It's in the bush, about a foot up. Well, my... The King and I are both standing there. We're about, I'd say, no more than 10 feet away. Close. Armor comes up with his caddy, walks out to the fairway, looks, comes back, looks at the ball, makes a second walk out to the fairway, looks at it, chit-chats with his caddy, and he finally says to himself, take a four-iron. Okay. He hits the ball out of the bush with a four-iron. Right? Remember, the ball's about a foot up. Hits it out of the bush with a four iron, slices it around the corner onto the green 20 feet from the hole. He then sunk the putt. He birdied the hole. Now, I did not just describe Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Nick Faldo, or any of the other great players of that era. It's Tommy Armour III. Won a couple times in the tour. But he's not a major champion. He's not a household name. My point is, I never say that athletes stink. Some are just better than others. I see the silver lining there. Some are just better than others. Tommy Armour III may not be Tiger Woods. But guess what? He is really, really good. He's just not as good as that guy. I rest my case. The Rays just took the lead. <laughs> That's because of Elon's in now, and I just don't see what Boone sees in him. Well, he took Adam out. Adam gave up. Uh, he's going to get charged with two earned runs out of it. So, Right. Yeah, the Yankees pitching, I I told you I worried about it a little bit. Really, anybody but Garrett Cole and Aroldis Chapman down there, he's back in the fold, and, and maybe Zach Britton, though. He wasn't great last night either. The Yankees got some problems with the pitching, and the race pitching is that much better right now than the Yankees, and they might be on their way to taking over first place right now. Well, first of all, that is a big problem for everybody. Nobody has a lot of pitching. Phillies are a good example. They have a couple of really good starting pitchers. Zach Wheeler's been terrific, Aaron Nola. But their bullpen, um, uh, the bullpen has been bad for almost everybody so far. By the way, in Eagle 107, the Phillies lead Buffalo 2-1. to one. <laughs> The Buffalo Blue Jays. It's the it's a seven inning game, so it's the top of the sixth. Whenever the Spikes played a seven inning doubleheader, 
you'd be amazed that once you get to about the fourth inning and a team has the lead, the sense of urgency is so much different than a nine-inning game. Suddenly you feel like, well, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, we're running out of outs here. And by the way, the White Sox lead Detroit four nothing into three. Houston, Colorado scoreless bottom of the first NBA playoffs, which Matt has been glued to all day. He and little Luke watching the games. Go Pacers, go! Uh, the Heat lead the Pacers one hundred five to ninety one. And I can officially declare the Sixers out. Thank you for participating in this year's NBA bubble. After just, that embarrassing performance last night. Well, they're down two games to none. The Lakers play tonight, by the way. Trying to even their series with Portland. I'm getting network emails. Network sending me a lot of emails. We're actually going to do some network programming. And we have a meeting tomorrow at 11 o'clock to discuss this. <laughs> so I can't give you any answers on it because they haven't given me any answers yet. But as we're going to be doing some Penn State Sports Network programming here, something you should be aware of. The uh, Kevin Warren sent out a letter yesterday. Uh trying to give clarity to the decision that was made by the conference to postpone fall sports and attempt a spring semester startup. And the letter's fine. I mean, I understand where they're going with it, although there was one part that struck me where I sat back and went, uh, hold on, whoa. And the part of the letter was where he talks about the increasing infections across the country. Um, no offense, I took the time on Saturday to look at maybe 20 to 30 state-by-state charts. It doesn't take long to go through it. There were seven-day rolling and 14-day rolling averages. All right, I read it. Okay. But when I read the letter yesterday, I said, "May I should go back and look at this again. Because everything I saw on Saturday was down, 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 down. Hospitalizations state by state. I don't care whether it's Texas, Georgia, Iowa, North Dakota, Wyoming, Pennsylvania. Right? I thought, well, maybe I better go back and look at this again. And guess what? When I looked at it again last night, guess what I found out in 20 to 30 states? The way I didn't look at all 50 states, I am sorry. <laughs> After a while, you get bored. They're all down, 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 down. It's not perfect. Nobody's at zero, but they're all down. Every single state I checked into was down. Uh, So that part of the letter didn't sit right with me. So let me give you a quick, two quick stats. Let me ask you, Matt, you're very learned. You understand. You know, you follow the news a lot. How many people in this 2020 will will eventually get an official count? But how many 
individuals are estimated to live in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? I think it's like 3.1 million, something like that. No, it's 12.8 million. Oh, way off. <laughs> 12.8 million. Do you know me? Okay, as of yesterday afternoon, how many people of that 12.8 million are hospitalized in the state for COVID 19? Actually, I didn't get a chance to look at those numbers today, but I know it's pretty low. It's 548. Remember, the population is 12.8 million. I don't want, and for each one of the 548, I feel awful for you, and I feel awful for your friends and family. I don't want anybody hospitalized at all, zero. But if you're going to keep throwing numbers at us all the time, how about some perspective? That means that there are 12 million 700 I'm sorry that means that there are 12 million 799,442 people in this state not hospitalized with covid-19 yet you would think that it was the opposite right and so when he wrote that part of the letter I looked at it and went but that doesn't jive with what I was reading Saturday, so that's why I went back to double-check last night. So that part didn't quite sit with me. But, you know, I mean, he put out the letter. I understand. Let me tell you what his, what his problem is. Kevin Warren's problem is this. And it's not his fault, but it's a perception problem. When he was interviewed by Dave Revson... On BTN. Dave asked all the right questions. He asked exactly the right question. He asked in the right way. If he needed to follow up, he did. If he needed to re-ask the question, he did. But it also wasn't 60 minutes either. And Kevin Warren came off as very uncomfortable in attempting to answer the questions or at times not answer questions. He didn't come off as confident. Now, he may be a very confident person. He may be very confident in this decision. But he didn't portray that confidence in that interview. He also didn't express a whole lot of empathy either for everybody affected. Well, I think think part of that is probably not everybody interviews well. Not everybody does. Not everybody's comfortable with doing that either. That just may not be his ballgame. I'm trying to be fair here. I'm just saying that I think the perception as to how that interview came off and played out didn't help him. How about that? That's fair. And that's not, and that's, you know, and sometimes you're just not comfortable doing that stuff. And if you're not comfortable doing it, then it comes off that way. Look, he has time now. Some people said, is he done? No. Now now it's how do you handle things going forward? 
How do you handle a spring semester? What kind of balance do you find between a spring semester and getting a full football season in 2021? And then how do you handle the next TV contract? Okay, that'll determine the direction and the perception of what he's doing. Okay, not this moment. Not this moment. This moment is certainly not, believe me, it's... He's not sitting in his office. I think he's been mostly in Minneapolis. I don't know if he's been in Chicago. But this is not one of those, hey, this is really great. How about that? He's not, he doesn't feel that way. He feels awful about this, I'm sure. I've never met him. Never met him. But I'm sure he feels awful about it. It's now how do you handle everything going forward? My, again, my only criticism of the decision is is this. Why now? Why not let it continue to play out? Because things were playing out in a positive direction. If you started to hit a bunch of negatives, okay, now I can understand. But you hadn't hit that point yet. That and I'm just It's just the timing of it that it didn't set right with me. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Eh, Maybe the budget says pre-owned inventory is the way you need to go. No problem. They have a great selection of pre-owned inventory. Fabulous deals. Sales staff, terrific. They work with you. And a service department that takes care of the life of your investment is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. He is truly one of the great guys out there, great family, terrific writer, great perspective, and that is Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Hello, Frank. Great to have you with us. Yeah, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Steve. i I got to say, I love your energy and enthusiasm in these difficult times. Appreciate that uh, very much. Uh, Just trying to keep some clarity as to what's going and trying to keep an even keel about what's happening, too, not trying to overreact one way or the other to what's going on. I think that's what we've tried to do for months here, uh, which is, by the way, how you approach your work. That's why we really enjoy having you on. Uh, let, let's start with this. What was uh, the a couple of bullet point takeaways from what James Franklin talked about today? Um, just reiterating his frustration and you know even you know heartbreak for his players on uh, not just canceling the season. You know he reiterated that he understands the overall the the idea of safety comes first, but you know the continued frustration with the timing of it. The no answers that are continued. There's still no answers. He's saying being provided and guidance from the Big Ten and NCAA on what. Okay, so you cancel it. What do you do now? And I think really the, the overall feeling is being left out. The idea being is that James talked in detail about how much work and effort that he and his staff and his program did to be able to try to pl- practice and then play safely, and then to be then left out as he feels of the decision process, it's just a slap in the face. Did you – I thought the frustration of what came through was the protocols 
in terms of the commitment of everybody, was working. Is that the, the impression you got as well, that that's part of his frustration? Well, sure. I think I think anybody could relate to that, is that you're given this really tough task and you bust your butt to figure out a solution and make it work, and then you have the... Uh, you're basically told, well, that's not good enough. That's, well, that's how you feel. It's not good enough. Everything we did to make this situation work is not enough. And they don't, they don't understand. And clearly, without stomping up and down, James wants to play, feels like they can play safely. I mean, he, 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 he basically, I mean, he said that, you know, so, um, he definitely went away. He definitely veered away from the talk about, the outside pushback as to try to get the Big Ten to change their mind on this. You know, there's all still all kinds of rumors and like, you right. know, pressures, rumors circulating, pressures out there is trying to get the Big Ten to go back on their decision and relook at this. But, uh, you know, he kind of reluctantly is pushing ahead to spring semester football. Right. In fact, uh, you can now count the Illinois parents as the latest to draft and send a letter to uh, Commissioner Kevin Warren in the Big Ten Conference about this. So they're the latest group, parents group to send it in as to how they felt about the protocols that were going on at Illinois. So, and they've done that. That that was uh, that story's out within the last hour. Uh, what about the? It sounds like they want to allow twelve hours a week for. Uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and Mountain West and so forth to operate and the Mid-American Conference to operate in. Uh, personal opinion here, before I ask a question, it should be 20, but that's me. What do you think of that? Well, I think a, a big way you're going to look at this are, depends on if the other three leagues are going to play. Because then there's, if they end up pushing forward and are going full scale continually, ready for a season and then start playing a season then you that's a complete disparity <laughs> I yes. mean, it might be a little different if they decide you know if they if the other three leagues decide in the next week the next two weeks whatever it is that they're going to pull back as well then you're more on the same page i think if we continue to go forward down the path we are now then that doesn't even make any sense to me right uh spring football and when I mean spring, I mean spring semester. I personally feel it's important that you preserve 12 games for the 2021 fall season. Uh, how do you feel about preserving 12 games for 2021, which then brings up what kind of balance, in your opinion, might be needed for spring semester so that 2021 allows you in the fall to get back on track? Wow. I mean, that's a good question. You know, I'm kind of thinking first, though. Again, I'm going back to well, are the other three leagues going to play before? Like my judgment on spring semester football, are the SEC, Big Twelve, ACC going to play? If they end up playing their season somehow, then I don't even know what spring semester football matters or cares. It's, I mean, who's going to even play in it at that point? Because there's going to be no titles, there's no playoffs, there's going to be banked right up against. The NFL draft. I'm not even sure what a what you're going to have a few leagues playing. I mean, what is this even going to matter at that point? Then, to me, it's like I you know make that season as short as possible. I guess you know I mean it's going to basically be scrimmages and blue white game type stuff at that point. Yeah. So make it as short as possible to preserve 
what you're talking about, which is a real season, preserve as much of that as you can. So, hey, play six games if you if you want to do that. If you if you feel the need to get whatever TV revenue you can out of whatever we're talking about, do it as short as possible. Yeah. Uh, PIAA is, uh, again, the governor only recommended. The governor never ordered when it came to high school football. Ohio's going to play because Governor Mike DeWine has said, okay, you can play. Sounds like Pennsylvania is on track district by district to play. What does the district by district look in your area, Frank, down in York? And, uh, would they be allowed to play based on how the districts want to go about their business? Well, that's another uh, evolving question. District 3, which is York, includes York County, Adams County, you know, Lancaster, all the areas down here, South Central. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, we have one school, I think, already Dallas Town has come out today, and at least one of their leaders is saying they recommend no fall sports um, at their school. So I don't know, is this going to continue to trickle out before the end of the week and then where are we left with? I mean, we're hoping for more clarity by Friday. I, I go back to this, like, so if everything we talked about and learned about as to what Penn State was doing to try to protect their fall sports and football players, if that's not enough, how the heck are high schools going to play football? I don't get where that even can happen. I don't understand. If right. we're worried about safety on any level, um, if you're not saying that what Penn State, is, for example, is doing enough, how, if the high schools don't have any of that type of uh, – Ability and financial beings to make testing and protocols work. I, I don't. I don't understand. It's just a mess from the bottom up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, and nobody has it. Nobody has the right answer at the moment. I think we're all trying to find out what that right answer is. Um, that's why I wanted to see certain hurdles. You know, in other words, you keep going along. If you're doing well, you're doing well. The next big one here would have been starting this weekend. Students coming back, right? And they are starting to come back into town. I mean, because I know our sure. entire our entire staff did all their grocery shopping a week ago. Uh, so. <laughs> well, no, that's a really good point. I think what James and a lot of these players they want to play so badly they think they put their work and they want at least a chance. Yeah. Right. So that's the next hurdle. But I think they feel like we don't get a chance to even tackle that hurdle. You've taken it away already. Right. Because we don't know how it'll go. Right. For sure. And to be honest with you, I, th- I felt like the starting with the SEC, ACC, what they're doing, because I, I believe the Big 12 starts its conference on September 26th, but some schools are playing September 12th. For example, Oklahoma State's playing Tulsa on the 12th. By starting on the 26th, as they are scheduled now, that's two weeks after the NFL starts. Now, I realize the NFL has a long list of protocols, but it would then give the universities a chance to say, hey, look, they played football and it, you know, it didn't come out well, so we have to make a decision. Oh, they played football. It came out pretty well. We can keep going. That's how right. I viewed it. Everything, you learn from everything. You learn from the continual um, progress with testing. Hey, we just came out with a new saliva test that's been approved last weekend. All right. So that's learning. 
like you're talking about learning. We have different medical advisories, you know, yeah, so the so the heart situation is a real concern. But did they really vet that study and and their and and, and what that means? Truly, you know, you have cuz I I don't I don't know if they if they if they really did. I mean, you know, you have a a cardiac doctor from the Mayo Clinic's basically saying you can't extrapolate those that study from 50 to 70 year olds or whatever it is down to 18 to 24 year olds you know you have to so it's who do you listen to it just seemed to me like the big the big 10 is uh very quick to uh pull the plug in and worse no transparency well and this is this is the way i looked uh at myocarditis because they talked about the number of student athletes that are being treated for it right now. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but my question is this, Frank. How did you catch it? Well, you caught it because they're surrounded by trainers and doctors, and they're the ones, in other words, they could have contracted that while being at home, and would they have gone to a doctor over it? Right. No, they're catching it because they're being looked at, and there's also with yes. the protocols that if they did find out that an athlete has something at all, then there's protocols to then what you do. You don't just throw them back in there. Right, exactly, and because they're, they're, the care is so good, right, that's how they, that's how we, they found out about it. Because We've the, already because seen that the, at Penn State. Yeah, because you know? the care is so good. Right, we've seen that recently with how much better the care is in that one area with a few Penn State promising players who were screened and they have heart issues and they were taken out before they could Yes, yes, we're not going to get back into the names again, but really good prospects, and they were found that they they weren't weren't able to play. And it happened to a couple a couple of the incoming recruits. They ended up being, you know, helping out with the coaching staff and so forth. What a great point, Frank. I appreciate that. Because uh, that's a point I had not brought up uh, at any point during the course of the show. Uh, so James would like to play spring football as early, spring semester football as early as possible. Um so what you know? What is your general opinion? We already went to the number of potential number of games. What's your what's your just your overall thought on that? Because there, in terms, because there are going to be some players that are older that might opt out. There might be some players that are older that because they're going to get their draft rate in December. They may look at the draft rate and say, "I think I better play." Right. I mean, Nick Saban said it probably best when he just said it's going to be like JV football. All right, because you're not going to have Pat Fryermuth. You're not going to have even some juniors. You're probably not going to have C.J. Thorpe. Guys like C.J. Thorpe are probably going to opt out as well. You know, I mean, you're going to have all young guys. Um, you're not going to have your upperclassmen playing, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Because what are they playing? I mean, it's risk as to the timing of the season, and then what are they really playing for at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not going to be playing in Beaver Stadium, right? I mean, you can't hold games. They're not going to spend – after losing a gazillion dollars, how, how much money are they going to try to spend to winterize it? That's not going to – I can't imagine that happening. So they're going to be playing in Detroit and Indianapolis in in February – uh, I don't. 
I mean, James is going forward with this because it's the, the lesser, you know, what's left. Right. I don't think many people are going to like this as to what, as this comes out, as to what it's really going to be like. I mean, maybe they'll take football. Again, it goes back to if the other leagues cancel and there's no football this fall, well, then you take what you get. Right. But right. if the other leagues play, I mean, this has a whole different – what we're talking about is going to be sold and bought completely differently. And that's what we don't know right now. And, right. Uh, uh, it's going to have to start early, meaning like practice in December and I guess games at some point in January, I would think, toward mm-hmm. the end of the month because you'd have to have it done before the draft because you can't count. I mean, That's the NFL right. may not move anything. Right. Right. So they still might have it at the end of April. You can't have this, this, makeshift season going to be even bumping up even bumping up against that. You know? Yeah, because I mean what people forget is the NFL because the draft is now on location. They already have a weekend picked out with the city of Cleveland. Sure. See people forget that part. This year was done virtually so Las Vegas was out and gonna be moved back a year. The right. question would be is whether you can put an agreement together with Cleveland to move it back a week or two. And you'd have to talk to the city about it. Uh, right, it, it, it's yeah. more complicated than people realize, and it always was, and that's why I think, to some degree, Sandy Barber was saying for weeks and weeks, "This is we're not even looking at this," because they didn't want to look at it because they could see where there's more negatives than positives. But um, she did say Monday that um, the Big Ten should have some type of a release on what they're looking at, or. Penn State will on what the what the Big Ten's looking at as far as this makeshift season. So stay tuned. And that's what we'll do. And when it happens, we'll stay tuned to listen to what you have to say and obviously read what you have to put in. You know, oh, thanks. Appreciate Thank that. You. Appreciate yeah. you, Frank. Hope uh, your yeah, family's you doing well. Thank you, yeah, man. Thank you very much. All the best to you. All the Take best care. to you. Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Next half hour, Ryan Snyder on recruiting. As we continue, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Elmo's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. You're with us on the show today, Ryan Snyder on the recruiting angle. 
in the next half hour. Donnie Collins tomorrow. We also might have Bob Lombardi on tomorrow. You know, Matt's been working on that. Since Matt's on the line, time now to go to the New York Yankee update. We can tell yeah, you that. Good. First of all, the uh, Tampa Bay in the bottom of the seventh leads the vaunted Yankees 8 5. The Tampa Bay lineup which makes $8 million less per year than Gary Cole's winning. White Sox lead Detroit 5-0, middle of the fifth, bottom of the second. Houston leads Colorado 5-2. And in the first game of a doubleheader at Salem Field, Buffalo beat Philadelphia 3-2. Oklahoma City and Houston 23-23. Three and a half minutes ago, first quarter. James Harden's already been to the free throw line 17 times. That's kind of a lot. Miami beat Indiana 109-100. Heat up two games to none in that series. How many times has James Harden already been to the free throw line? Let's look here. Uh, None. Huh? Shocked. Let's take it four shots. It was all three pointers. That's shocking. Hit one. <laughs> uh, and Mike Mascala has not entered the game yet for Oklahoma City. I'm curious to watch both number one seeds tonight, Steve. See if the Bucks and Lakers bounce back. Big games for both of them. I think I'll play golf. um... (laughs) Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Des Bryant, by the way, left the Ravens camp without a deal. Ryan Snyder, Blue White Illustrated, next half hour, News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.